0: hey welcome back to another episode of east screen west screen starting our third year it is tuesday august 30th 2011 and this is episode 81 as always i'm your host paul fox and joining me from his super secret location here in the fragrant harbor is mr kevin ma hi everybody hello paul welcome to uh, our third year yes year three uh, going strong so what's going on with you kevin anything new
1: um no not too much uh i'm just glad that if we're in the harry potter timeline we're stepping into azkaban so <laughs> and that's my favorite installment so uh
0: all right good hopefully we won't get put in prison for anything we say <laughs> i don't want them sending any dementors or anything like that after us um so yeah this is the show where we talk about films we talk about films from hong kong to hollywood and some other stuff in between what films do we have slated for this week's show kevin
1: Uh, Today, for East Green, we'll be talking about uh, Summer Love Love, uh, the teen uh, romance film. And for West Green, we'll be talking about Cowboys and Aliens.
0: All right. So we'll have all that and some comments and much more coming up right after our news. All right. So, again, not a really busy news week uh, this week. But we do have a couple stories we want to touch on and talk about. I guess the biggest thing uh, that we probably should mention is Steve Jobs stepping down, retiring from Apple, um, Not really directly related to uh, Hong Kong films, but he is staying on board as on, on the board of um, Apple or, or not Apple uh, Pixar and Disney. So he's I guess he's still going to be involved with that uh, to some extent but uh he's not going to be heading the division of uh technology that has reshaped many of our lives with things like the iPads and the iPods and the iPhones. Um wh- what are your feelings on this Mr. Ma? Well isn't he just
1: um stepping back and be- he's still the chairman of the board, right?
0: Um he's I I guess he's you know he's going to be on the, the board of, of Apple, but I don't know how much, you know, he'll be involved in the sort of the day-to-day decisions. It's kind of, it reminds me of like, uh, you know, when the premiers in China stepped down, you know, when uh, Deng Xiaoping sort of stepped down or Zhang or Zemin stepped down, you know, they kind of move into the background and mm-hmm. they're not the key political figure and focus anymore that everybody's talking about and that everybody's seeing on the news and, and getting up at the, you know, various... Uh, congressional congresses and, and and giving speeches. But the idea that most people generally have is that they're still there and they're still very, very influential. Um, so I'm guessing, you know, he will still have some influence, although, you know, a lot of people have been debating what that influence may be. A lot of people said, you know, Apple's basically got its plan set for at least the next five, ten, you know, five to ten years possibly in terms of product development, so they wouldn't expect any any super changes um, down the line. Although it, you know, hey, it only took Vista to sort of, you know, kick a hole in Microsoft, mm-hmm. so I guess anything's possible. But I am very happy to know that he is still going to be actively involved with Disney and potentially with Pixar. Um, so film-wise, I think that that's a that's a good sign. Yeah, the thing is, uh, I think we have
1: to worry about. To stockholders I mean stockholders often act irrationally and when you have such a prominent figure who is literally the face of a company and he's not going to be the face of the company anymore obviously it's going to hurt stock prices and let's face yeah. it stock prices things like that they they are what what is driving the world well, I, I did
0: watch it. the I do watch stocks and I watched the stock um, because they announced it at the end of the day right. last week and you know it was after the market the, the Wall Street had, market had closed. Sneaky bastards. And then the next day, obviously, the stock was lower, but it slowly climbed back up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it took the hit and it it made some recovery. So I think that, you know, investors are still confident in the Apple name, the Apple logo. We're still getting an Apple store here in, in Hong Kong. Um, I'm still hopeful that I'll get an iPhone 5 at some point later this year. But I was surprised that they made the announcement when they did rather than waiting, you know, what is just supposed to be, you know, within the next month, basically, mm-hmm. for the, you know, everybody's saying the iPhone 5 announcement. I thought for sure that, um, you know, he would be the one making the announcement. Maybe he still will. Maybe he'll come out and surprise everybody and, and be at the keynote. But, I, you know, I would have expected this to come after that.
1: No, I think they're using the uh, the keynote for 5 to set up, um, what's the name? Tim, Tim, Tim Cook, Team Rich, yeah, yeah, Tim Rich, yeah. I think it set him up as the next leader. So it's to help publicity-wise to help, um, help him get the probably the the biggest or the most you know open beginning possible as mm-hmm. the next leader of Apple. So it makes sense in that in that in that way.
0: Yeah. Well, nonetheless, he is a cultural icon, <clears> and <throat> uh, for sure, he's had an impact on many people's lives, and it will likely. Apple will likely continue to have an impact on many people's lives for years to come, but we wish him all the best and certainly hope he stays in good health. All right, our next bit of news coming from our favorite news site, Filmbiz Asia. Um, Hawaii, the Bra- Hawaii Brothers Media Corp, to be more specific, um, is still confident on a theme park. So uh, this is an article coming from uh, last week, actually, from Patrick Freider that caught my eye the chinese government has announced that there's a ban on the development of theme parks in the country um this sort of coming on the news with uh, the finalization of some of the um things going on in the disney shanghai park Um, there's basically they're saying that the market the, the development market for land is sort of overheating there's too much speculation going on they're afraid of a bubble happening um, which would really wreck the economy if that, if that suddenly burst. So they've made this move to cool the property speculation and the development of risky enterprises. It affects theme parks that cover an area of more than uh, 20 hectares or a total of investment of more than um, 500 million renminbi. But it's understood that parks under construction will be allowed to go ahead. So Hawaii uh, apparently has its own film-based theme park. Uh, in in development, very what they say a very early stage of development, and uh, we've I, actually talked about this on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, it's the sea ride. <laughs> it, it it's kind of weird. I mean, uh, they have quite a few TV parks in the mainland, mm. so I'm I'm not sure how big of a draw this would be. I think we we talked a little bit about this last time. I mean, I've been to a couple of the TV, uh, the TV parks, and basically they're for the most part, reenactment or recreations of old towns. Um, They have a big, you know, big field areas where they do battle reenactments and stunt shows. There's, they usually have um, some scale replication of the Forbidden City. And it's, they use them, they use them as production studios for things like TV dramas that come out of China. And I guess in some co-productions with Hong Kong series as well. Um, and you can go there and you can dress up like, you know, and, and, and as the emperor and take photos and you can buy souvenirs and they're, they're kind of boring, really. I mean, once you've been <laughs> to one, there's there's not a whole lot else to do and see, um, unless you want to see some sort of the same stuff over and over again. But that's the same, it's the same that's true with any theme park, really. But typically at the theme parks like Ocean Park or, or Disney, there's a lot more rides and there's a lot more park type things to do. Um, than at these sort of production-based theme parks. So I'm curious as to what they're going to do that will be a long-term draw and how they'd grow it.
1: Yeah, uh, Huayi Brothers, they are very ambitious. They're pretty much the biggest uh, privately held um, film studio or production company in China. Uh, They made a lot of big big, uh, blockbusters, but I think I might have mentioned this last time that they lack stuff that say universal has um a big uh franchise that they can they can uh cash in on that they can build rides on things like that and and they'd um, be
0: limited if they wanted to do so i mean i I don't think you'd be able to see you know they obviously couldn't do a chinese ghost story ride Mm -hmm. you know unless they called it a chinese fairy story Hmm. um you know what are you going to have the infernal affairs ride where andy Lau gets away at the end i mean (laughs) <laughs> or, or no, he doesn't get away at the end, he gets uh, arrested by the police. You know, a, it can be a ride based completely on the alternative endings for films that are shown in China. That would be that would be interesting, right? Or you
1: look you look at the conceptual painting they have in that story, and I hope that's serious because it looks like it's a roller coaster based yeah. on the banquet.
0: <laughs> Something. I don't know what it's based yeah. on, but it's like going through a bamboo forest and there's a guy jumping out at the people on the roller coaster. With a big sword, yeah. Look um, at the masks, the mask and, in
1: front. Yeah, that's like that's like the you know, banquet. I can just, we're... I
0: can just imagine. Y- there's all this controversy going on because of the, um, the, you know, the train accident in where was it, um, Wenzhou or or Weizhou. Wenzhou? yeah. Yeah, I can just imagine an accident like where the guy's jumping out at, <laughs> you know, the the, the audience with a sword and a wire breaks or something. You know, all the troubles they've sort of had with the Spider-Man Broadway show and. Uh, something happening here and the guy hits you know lands in the car or something it'd be terrible um i've actually uh, have you been to any so-called theme parks in china i I went to one where it was like a reenactment of the different hells of china it was in the ghost city uh and it was on it was on. It was near the Three Gorges River before they flooded it. And when I was there, they were actually tearing it down brick by brick. And they were supposed to relocate it somewhere. I'm not sure mm. where they re- relocated. But but they had like these vaguely animatronic things that would like move. But the movements were like very limited. So you'd see like this demon torturing a guy with an axe <laughs> in hell, and all that would move would be his arm. It would the arm would move up and down, you know, with an axe and. Just kind of weird, you know, stuff like that. I I kind of get that vibe, that vibe when I look at this picture too. That, um, I'm not sure how, how developed the animatronics might be.
1: Yeah, it, it's. I would like to see what they do because, yeah, it's just the films that they make are Chinese blockbusters tend to be very serious, and they're not really ride worthy stuff, you know. Um, yeah, I would like to see The Assembly, The Ride. Uh, <laughs> Sex and where, Zen 3D, The Ride. <laughs> well, Sex and Zen 3D is not Huayu. I think they have all the Feng Gong movies, uh, Detective D, The Ride, you know. um uh, uh, uh. What Else do they have? Uh, the message where you get you get your you get to torture, uh, yeah, an evil Japanese soldier, for or, or you
0: get to be tortured, right?
1: Yeah, you get to be tortured or something. Yeah, it just they what are they gonna make about these? But I would, I would really like to see it actually, no, whatever. They, wherever they, they if, if, if
0: they could just expand their you know their their library a little bit and they could include things like uh, you know, the legend of the fist ride <laughs> or, or or the Donnie ride, you know, where you go through all the all the different donnie movies over the years including mismatched couples
1: <laughs> right <Ride>, donnie <laughs> Yeah.
0: no but who brothers um they're a very interesting
1: company and they're definitely someone to watch because um china film group they get everything they get all the safe movies they get all the big movies and they're pretty much status quo so it's very interesting to see this privately held company uh, even though the bosses are very loyal um fans of the people's liberation army um they are a privately held company and they also do talent management and they really pretty much the the studio in china the private studio in china that's kind of independent of the whole government system um so it's very interesting to see where they go in fact that's uh also a new next new story right paul
0: uh yeah i think so well, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that
1: yes uh hua Yi, uh is going to be expanding the tv production um by making series of their big films. Uh, some of these include uh, the big Feng Xiao films, uh, If you're the one uh, and Aftershock. Um, for the for Aftershock, uh, they will be getting um, television actresses uh, essentially with the same story and the same similar characters. Uh, for if you're the one, they're gonna they're going to uh, replace the uh Goyo role with Huan Bo. Uh, comedy actor Huan Bo, who who, um, Ross Chen of LoveHKFilm.com is a big fan of. Um, They're also going to be producing uh, their own version of Mulan, um, which is going to be directed by the director of The Message um, with stars that they manage um, using stories that they already own. I think it's a very smart decision for Hawaii to expand in television because television is a very big industry in China. Uh, You have a lot of local local, um, networks they are in need of content, uh, and they don't really work on it. There's no big united system. There's CCTV, and then each region or each province or each city has their own TV station. And the way television series works is that the production company sells the rights to each of these networks uh, on their own, and that's how they make money. So... When you have all these television stations all across China that need content, also online um, online streaming sites that need legal content, uh, I think Huawei uh, is making a very smart step, especially when they own all these properties already, and they don't really have to do that much extra work to, mm. to get these things done. Um, what do you think, Paul Are you looking forward to Aftershock, the TV series, or if you're the
0: one, the TV series? Not really. Um <laughs> If You're the one, I mean, Huangbo is kind of an interesting choice. I wouldn't figure he'd go back and do TV drama. Um, I, I, I guess that's a yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see him, although I'm not sure is he old enough because the guy character is like supposed to be an older man, right? Is, is, he, is he, I don't think he's in the same generation, right? Like 50, I yeah. think, is he, it's, it's is he that old? Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> and who who's going to be the girl? I mean, are they going to get chu chu chi to come in and, and do the role or No,
1: you know? obviously they are going to get um they're going to get a cheaper or okay, sorry, a less known <laughs> lesser known yeah. actress that they can they can they can um in fact, if if um Hua Yi's own owns their talent agency or they own certain artists, they'll just bring in a probably an up-and-coming actress that yeah. they already manage and
0: Mini pull her in. Mini
1: Yang, Mini No, Mini Yang's very overworked, <laughs> and plus she's a different, different yeah, company. She's,
0: she's what is it? Uh, Media
1: Asia. Uh, she's Maya, but she's already oh, Maya, too that's big right. for TV. Yeah, she's yeah. too big for TV now. I mean, she's doing too many TV series, but she she now has a hit movie on her hands, and yeah, Mini but she's Yang not gets, too
0: big uh, for Wong Bo. Come on.
1: Ah, that is true. No one, <laughs> no one is big
0: enough. For but you know, it's interesting. You know, jumping back to the last story with with the the uh, the theme park. I mean, there's a ride, right? The If You Are the One ride where, you know, on the roller coaster, you simply chase around Shu Chi, you know, trying to catch her and and win her heart throughout the course (laughs) of the ride.
1: No, you can have uh, have a real real matchmaking game right on the spot where you (laughs) split the man and the woman on two sides. And then they come out and you have the guy play the host like yeah. every every show and then like mash. It's mash either that
0: people. or the rides based on the whole burial at sea thing from, yeah. from <laughs> part two, right? Which is yeah. <laughs> just weird. Get buried at sea. All right. Oh, see Matthew Seidel's, Seidel's joined us in the chat room. Oh. How you doing, Matt? Hey, Matt. Good to see you. Um. So yeah, Hawaii's going to be a busy, busy group, uh, but we wish them all the best. I mean, I, you know, for, for as much as I make fun of it, I hope their theme park really does well. I mean, I would like to see something with some good attractions and that would make me want to go. Um, yeah. but I'm not that confident that they could pull it off just yet, but who knows? Our final story, um, talking about the film, uh, the lady with, a uh, local actress, like at least one time she was local. She hasn't done a local film in ages. um. Michelle Yeoh, um, you know, unless you consider Reign of Assassins local. Is that local or is that mixed uh, it
1: was, It's co-directed by a Hong Kong director, yeah, okay. I guess. I um, not anyway, Hong Kong anymore. That's so, sad.
0: yeah, the film The Lady is, has been set to open at the International Rome Film Festival. Um, this is the Luke Besson-directed biopic of Burmese activist Aung San Suu Kyi, and it will play out of competition. So I'm kind of excited to see this, even though I was disappointed that they didn't let her um, meet. Uh, I, I, that was news from, I want to say earlier this year. She had Michelle Yeoh had tried to go to Burma to meet with her, and she was turned away uh, at the airport. From what yeah, the news I, said, I bet so.
1: they now they wish they made a movie about Lady Gaga instead.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, maybe easy. that maybe that's coming with Shu Qi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for our news. Uh, unless you've got anything you want to throw in there, Mr. Ma.
1: No, no. Mm-hmm. I let's move on to Summer Love Love. I can't wait. East, train, West, train.
0: Oh. So we've got one film up for East Screen this week, and that is the latest Hong Kong film called, depending on where you look, Summer Love or Summer Love Love um i've seen it listed on a couple movie sites as summer love in english the poster it's listed as summer love love so there's still a bit of confusion whether there's one love or two or many uh, as the film would have us believe so kevin why don't you tell us a little bit about summer love love
1: (laughs) Uh, you can never have enough love What I say, love love is love, love is all you need. Um, summer love, love. Uh, this is the teen comedy that marks the directorial debut of a man named Wilson Chin. You would not have heard of him because he is a TVB variety producer, variety show producer. He's produced shows such as uh, Super Trio, um, which is the Eric Zung game show, uh, Beautiful Cooking, where you have these ladies uh, who cook. Food for people and it's a great
0: but, show. Yeah, yeah um, uh, I've, great I've, show. I've got, I've got, I think there's six or seven of the first season uh, DVDs of Beautiful Cooking. I've got them all except the first one. The first one like sold out, and I've not been able to find a copy. But I loved that show, even though I couldn't understand half of what they were saying. Basically, Beautiful Cooking was it was a series based from Japan originally. They, you know, that's all the TVB stuff copies stuff from elsewhere pretty much. But yeah basically they got starlets people like Steffi and and um joku i guess and 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 other you know local actresses to come on um it was it was a, it would be a team of 3 and they would have to cook different dishes so it was kind of like mixing iron chef with you know beautiful girls who for the most part didn't really know anything about cooking and some to sometimes hilarious uh, you know, antics would ensue, but it was also quite criticized because, you know, the judges were typically always men, and there 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 was some outcry in certain circles that this was a sexist show. Um, so I think on the very last episode, they got the male judges to be the contestants, and they had f- a female uh, jury, including uh, Carol Cheng.
1: Mm-hmm. And and actually, we look at the Wilson Chin himself; he looks quite sexist. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he is. Um, he is also very, um, apparently known to be very, very good friends with Ekin Chen because they both are very avid gamers. So, Paul, you might want to get and Chen's number when you're when you're done with this podcast. Send really, Ekin's a gamer. Yeah, Ekin's a huge gamer. Oh. Really? Yes. I well, uh, wonder
0: what he plays. I will have to try and see if I can, uh, you know, hook up with him in World of Warcraft or something. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs>
1: Okay, so this is his directorial debut. He also made another another film after he made Summer Love Love uh, which is Lang Kui Fong and that's coming out later this month. Um, This film is your typical um, chasing girls formula. Uh, Three guys go go to the beach and they run into a bunch of beautiful girls and each of them them find their target and the movie kind of expands, branches off that way. Um, That's a very simple Simple, uh simplistic way of talking about it, and that's pretty much all it deserves. Um, but before that chasing girls stuff goes on, you have half an hour essentially of useless filler. Uh sets up the three characters played by Alex Fong, the swimmer. Um oh, I see dog Is that in the nooks? Uh Dog, uh, who is actually a member of um of the Taiwanese pop group Lollipop, so it's actually quite quite well known to to young young uh, fans here and of course in Taiwan as well and my least favorite over actor in Hong Kong, Siu Fei. Uh, so the whole uh, setup is that they they the three of them have trouble chasing girls and um, after a self self-help class which is packed of cameos um, including Ikin Chan, uh, Dickie Chen um, who was William So and Andy Yan Andy and Hoy. Uri- Oh, sorry, Andy Hui, not Andy yeah. On. Um, and you, so about fifteen minutes of that, they come out and they run into Eric Zhang, who is kind of a shady tour operator who uh, sets them up, sends them off to a tour in Hainan Island uh, down the south. It's actually where that's where all the typhoons that don't hit Hong Kong, that's they all get deflected to Hainan. So I don't know why the hell they want to go there. Um, they go there. There have
0: so, been a couple movies in Hainan recently too, right? I mean, if you're the one too, yeah. And um wasn't wasn't uh, the men suddenly in love there or was that no that was in like Shenzhen. a
1: mysterious uh, mysterious place because there's some whoring going on
0: hmm. and
1: there's no <laughs> whoring in China. So they went to like a mysterious it's just like high fidelity where they go to a mysterious city next to Hong Kong that isn't called Macau. So we all know where that is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's where they go. But officially, High Nights nice was in... Earlier this year was in... Uh, if you're the one, two, which is... Uh, and is shown as, like, a really classy, uh, expensive resort place. Really beautiful. Uh, but that is not the case here. The three gets ripped off by Eric Zangashady, tour operator. But... And they all get robbed. And without their luggage, they somehow end up on a beach where they run into a bunch of beautiful girls who are trying to, I think... Uh, get the chase for the affection of a very rich tycoon um, so they're just kind of always in bikinis and they're in this modeling thing I mean who cares there's beautiful girls in bikinis okay uh, so that's pretty much the movie they each find like I said they each find a target and they all go off and do their own thing um, so three actors Alex Fong is fine he's like the straight man of the piece um, he has this romance with um, Zhang Yu. Who was last seen in Chase Our Love? Who is kind of like the, the it lamo of China in the mo at the moment? Um, and they have this romance thing that kind of partially, partially ripped off of uh, My Sassy Girl. Um, he's okay. Uh, the lollipop member um, has a has a has a line plot line with Elaine Kong, who is um, intentionally ugly here with her tomboy look and glasses. And actually, I was. I was quite amused by parts of that uh even though um his his shtick the lollipop member shtick might disturb some fans it did disturb the fan in our movie group uh she was quite um she was quite traumatized after the film um and i was very 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 glad that siu fei disappears for an extended amount of time in the middle of the film um he was very annoying as usual and the worst thing is of these three guys he's the one that ends up with his shirt off and it gave me hope <laughs> it just it just i wonder okay if i lose 10 pounds and i could be in this movie and i could be the one with my shirt off and i would look just as bad as sylphie so i'm almost there i just tell myself almost there um however the movie isn't good let's face it it's not good it's 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 not original at all. The shtick, the, the shtick is pretty dumb. The the jokes are immature. the The whole thing of the girls is just excuse to show them in bikinis. Um, you could almost see Wilson Chin sitting behind the camera drooling the whole time. That's how you feel. But to be honest, I had more fun with this movie than I did at Fortune Buddies, because it is exactly it it knows exactly what it is. It is just an excuse to show girls in bikinis. And, you know, make a summer romance for the kids that the kids might like, that they might laugh at. And I totally bought into it What for what it was. Um, let's. I'm, I am compared to Fortune Buddies because it is the last dumb comedy that we saw. Um, and compared to Fortune Buddies, the cheap sentimentality is kept at a minimum. And even the product placements, which include, uh, I think, body wash and uh, some whiskey ads and other stuff. They were so... Obvious, they're so intentional that it's kind of lame. And best of all, there is because it's not affiliated with a TV channel or a TVB or a TV network, they're not trying to promote themselves or they're not even by throwing, even in Fortune Buddies, by throwing themselves under a bus or throwing their audience under a bus or, or making fun of their own franchises, making fun of their own shows. Everything that TVB is doing is essentially promoting itself, it's promoting its image, it's branding itself. And there's no, and that's what I really resented Fortune Buddies for. And it's not in this film. So I was, you know, okay with it. And there are a couple of amusing Cantonese Mandarin jokes that I'm not sure if the uh, rest of our group caught. There was a scene where um, there's a group of Hong Kong Cantonese speaking Hong Kong girls. They're trying, they're arguing with a bunch of Mandarin speaking girls. And each of them are speaking really bad version of each other's languages. So you have the Cantonese-speaking girl speaking really terrible Mandarin, and you have the Mandarin girl speaking very terrible Cantonese. And I think I was the only one who, who picked up on it, and I thought it was hilarious. Um, but nevertheless, again, this is a movie for kids and you know idols, and it's is lame. And um, but it, it was I was amused by it. But if you're over the age of twenty-five and you don't get these references, you're not likely to get it. So. Um, if you're willing to endure an hour and a half of seeing maybe 10-15 minutes of girls in bikinis then go for it and if you're not then um, I would say skip it with a capital. Um, I enjoyed it but doesn't mean you will and it's likely that you won't so and I don't fully understand it. Um, on a final note, full disclosure I did not notice until I saw the credits this movie was co-written by a former classmate of mine. Uh, nevertheless it doesn't change my opinion that Summer Love Love is a terrible movie that I kind of enjoyed, then I will never watch again. So, Paul,
0: I hope your classmate, or I hope you got a better grade than your classmate did.
1: I think she should never show up to class. <laughs> I don't know what the hell she's up to. uh yeah. She
0: looks, uh, like, she
1: looks like one of the girls in the movie that will be in the
0: movie. Yeah, figures. That's um say. Yeah. Lao Ching Wan watched this movie, and he said this. So bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this was just terrible. Um, The Chasing Girls formula is here again. I don't have a problem with the Chasing Girls formula if you try and do something new, but they didn't. They didn't do anything new. Kind of like you said, there are lots of cameos in the first part, and those cameos are much more interesting than anything that goes on in the rest of the film. And in fact, the setup for many of those cameos has nothing to do with the rest of the film. It's just like, oh, we're going to do this thing here, and then we're going to jump to this. And the two don't really have anything to do with each other. Um, in, in, in most of the cameos happen in this group therapy session, where everybody's at group therapy because they have a dif- difficulty attracting a partner, basically. Um, and it's kind of funny the the things that are going on. So, for example, Andy Hoy has a you know he makes fun of a of, of a toothbrush commercial that's very popular here, but you won't get that from the outside really. Um, but the best part is Eken Chang, who's got a cameo here as a guy who's a neat freak. And he, and it, and he's so compu- obsessively compulsed with being a neat freak. He's like worse than, than Mr. Monk. Um... That he, his act, his, his girlfriend they have a scene where his girlfriend actually gets assaulted, or some girl gets assaulted, and he can't help her because, his girlfriend, yeah, yeah, he can't, he can't like, you know, get over to her because there's so much, you know, poop on the floor, you know, dog poop and stuff. And he, he's just, you know, he, he's a super neat freak. And I, I felt that that character would be much more interesting to watch than the rest of this movie. <laughs> um, and, and it wasn't even a great characterization. Uh, so, yeah, you know, they get, they end up on a tour to Heinen. You know, Steffi's in it, I playing herself, and she's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're terrible at playing yourself, it's just not... It's some, something's being done wrong somewhere. Actually, the first half of that scene was terrible, and then when she showed
1: her real self. Yeah, man, I, I mean, like, hey, I was, basically,
0: great. the character of Sufei is a, supposed to be a super Steffi fan, and he goes and sees her at some autograph signing function, and he keeps getting back in line and really annoying her, and you know, she she's supposed to be signing CDs and posters and stuff and he has nothing for her to sign, so she just signs his hand over and over again. And you can see from the camera angle that she's not actually writing anything on his hand. It's just yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just poorly done, poorly pieced together. It's just they said, Oh, we've got Steffi under contract or something, let's throw her into a scene and then we can put her in the trailer and we'll we'll pull the kids in and it's just that kind of, you know, bait and switch Kind of you know cameos that they're using that don't really make sense. So the the bulk of the story, they get to Hainan, and you know they're these three loser guys who are after these girls who are potentially way out of their league. We've seen this movie before. I've seen it in in at least half a dozen films, maybe even a dozen films to come out of Hong Kong before. Often done better. A lot of the gags they were doing here have been done elsewhere. Um, the, 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 when they first stumble upon the girls themselves, they're at a pool party. Um, and I don't even remember why the guy was, do, it was basically this event being hosted by this really rich tycoon who's going to have a fashion show and he's trying to select the girl who's going to wear this very famous diamond. Oh, I totally f- forgot about that. F- for the fashion show. Yeah, it's, it's a totally forgettable <laughs> plot, but that's the reason why all these girls are together. You know, and and you know, sort of trying to win the favor of this tycoon. Um, so the, the the guys first discover this is going on at a pool party that's going on. They they stumble across the guy's beach house, and it's funny because they go they they're trying to break into this pool party, and then there's an announcement by um, TVB personality King Kong, who's got a role here, saying, "All right, we're gonna have a." we're gonna have a pool party this evening so they go from one pool party to an (laughs) evening pool party so it's like an all-day pool party um but it was a costume party by a pool yeah okay so it was a cut you know and then like the one girl was dressed up like mario and they dressed up (laughs) elaine like uh goku from dragon ball z and you know it was it had potential they just didn't do enough with it um the, the guys end up at one point in a hotel, this, this rundown hotel, which I swear is the same hotel that they used in the child's eye from mm-hmm. last year. And given that Elaine is in this movie too, some, I think there was some missed, you know, gag opportunity with that. Um, they ripped my sassy girl at one point. I mean, seriously, how old is that film? And, 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 you know, how often has that been, been copied already? Did they really need to do that? Was there nothing else they could go to? Um, the the final trope, I guess, you know, the final, you know, in, in these kinds of films, the main character always does some super secret romantic thing to win the affection uh, you know, of the, the, the main female protagonist. Um, so Alex's character, what does he do? A little bit of a spoiler here. He makes her a viewmaster. Hmm. Okay. For those of you who are young and don't know what a viewmaster is, do a Google search. Um, but it's basically this old sort of slide reel thing you could get like viewmaster these discs with little um film images on them you know you go to disney and you could get a viewmaster disney set or you go to the grand canyon you could get a a viewmaster grand canyon set and you could look at them in these stereoscopic this little stereoscopic device called the viewmaster and see these images and you know it was kind of like a 3d effect so he basically does this with a kaleidoscope somehow Hmm. um you know, he, he's got skills, apparently, even though his day job is putting uh, plastic protector covers on phones. So, you know, it's just that kind of lame boredom that, you know, that took over this film for me. It's also got some weird effects. There's They do some things with the backgrounds. Um, one person said they were doing something with the key in the backgrounds to sort of clean up the color. But the building outlines and the people outlines against the sky looked superimposed. Um, some yeah. people said they thought they were doing green screen. I think they were cleaning up the sky, maybe because of pollution or things like that. So it's there are just some shots that are really weird. And, yeah, it's... I, I mean, I like the Chasing Girls formula, but I did not like this film. I, I got to say, flee it. Um, mm-hmm. Go and pick up the old copy of, you know, Wong Jing's How to Pick Up Girls, or I think the one that's the best of this genre still... Uh, romancing star, um, you know, you, you've got some of the, you've got Eric Zhang, Chao Yun-Fat, you know, um, go pick up that and see how it used to be done and how it was likely done better. Um, or even if you want, you know, as Kevin was saying, you know, uh, uh, you know, can never never have too much love, uh, go pick <laughs> up Love is a Many Stupid Thing. Um, at least in that, they're, you know, doing some film parodies well. You know, they're copying *Infernal Affairs* and some other stuff, and actually that's kind of funny. So, just a lot better films out there that are done in this genre. So, yeah, I, I
1: still I still insist that that if you're under under twenty five, and I don't think we have many under twenty five listener listeners but out you there. Well, and them, and that's
0: so. you're you're probably right. I mean, the yeah. the the, the girl. I don't know if it was the Hong Kong cast or. All the girls in the bikinis, who a lot of them were newbies, for the mm-hmm. most part, from my understanding. But the theater was pretty packed when we watched this film.
1: Yeah, a lot of Zhang Shinyu fans out there. Yeah, uh, so not kidding. Yeah, so
0: um, it, was, it was something about this was pulling pulling the young kids in. But I'm not part of that demographic anymore, sadly. And you just had a birthday, so neither are you. Ha <laughs> ha.
1: <laughs> ha 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 ha! But I like the girls, so I it, that, that stuff is. But it,
0: that you know, the peaceful. the girls were okay, but there wasn't really enough of that. Even I mean, I don't know. It's just
1: because they can't really go too perverted with it because it is partly they they did want to get to China and yeah. it did get to China. So, so now this this is what's happened to the Hong Kong chasing girl genre: sterilized to fit China, but not not yeah. not clean this, enough. This to
0: this in. really lacked some Wang Jing. I mean, for as, as bad as we ragged on the film earlier this year um men suddenly in love i would take that one over this one any day i mean because at least it still had that sense of you know wong jingness to it i mean i'm sure that and and ken would probably agree with me on this that more than anything these films need is is a charlie cho to come character to come in but (laughs) they can't get into china with that kind of sensibility anymore um so that's that's certainly a problem but yeah it's just this was just way too sterile way too boring All right, West Screen this week. Uh, It is time for some genre merging with the latest film from director John Favreau, Cowboys vs. Aliens. So, what is Cowboys vs. Aliens? Well, like the title implies, um, it basically tells the story of a man who wakes up uh, in the middle of the a Desert in Arizona territories. Uh, this is taking place around 1873, I believe. Uh, he wakes up in the desert with no memory of his past. He then makes his way to a small town known as called, called Absolution, where he is then later recognized as the outlaw Jake Lonergan. Uh, after a run in with the son of a local cattle rancher named Woodrow Dollarhide, Jake is arrested and due to be sent off with federal marshals for prosecution. That is, until aliens show up and attack the town. So that sets the basis for Cowboys versus Aliens. And given the cast, you've got Daniel Craig here as Jake Lonergan, uh, Harrison Ford, who hasn't done a film for a while, uh, as Colonel Woodrow Dollarhyde, uh, Olivia Wilde makes an appearance, Sam Rockwell, Paul Dano, Clancy Brown, Keith Carradine. Um, so some pretty big you know, big names, um, you know, in, in some of these roles and some of the smaller parts more particularly were more attractive to me. Uh, and again, John Favreau, you know, Iron Man, Iron Man 2. Um, I was expecting quite a bit. And unfortunately, I went into this not really knowing what to expect. I knew the film was based on comic books, based on a graphic novel. Um, I went in, though, not having read the comic book, not having seen really anything outside of the trailer Um, so I went in not knowing what to expect and I came out thinking that is exactly what I expected. (laughs) And if that seems weird, it's basically my way of saying it was really predictable. If you look at the trailer for this film and you look at the title, Cowboys versus Aliens, you can kind of pretty much predict what you're going to get. And that's what, that's what I got. Um, unfortunately for this film, I didn't really like much about it. Uh, I didn't find the lead characters all that likable. Uh, I'm not a huge fan, to begin with, of Daniel Craig. Um, I, I'm one of the few people who hasn't liked the James Bond reboots. I have I felt that they've pushed them more in the direction of uh, Jason Bourne in terms of the style. I prefer the older, smoother, sexier, and more gadget-based James Bonds of, 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 of years past. Um, I do realize that, you know, it's a new era and it was time for a new James Bond and a lot of people really love it and that's fine. Um, but I'm not really that big on Daniel Craig. I thought he was okay for what he was being asked to do here, but the character of Jake Lonergan didn't really appeal to me. Um, Harrison Ford, huge fan, obviously, for, you know, uh, many, many of the films that he's done in the past. I didn't like his character either. He's kind of an old grandpa, crotchety old jerk. Um, he's, you know, he's this rich and powerful cattleman who has a sort of a stranglehold over this town of absolution because he's, you know, he's so rich. Uh, Olivia Wilde comes in and she's sort of a mysterious figure who seems to know a little bit about the main character and seems to know a little bit about what's going on. Um, Sam Rockwell, he, he plays a saloon owner. I thought he was great. I, I, I liked what he was doing in the role here and Clancy Brown, who I love, um, pretty much in anything that he does, uh, he's uh, he plays a, a preacher here. Really wanted to see more of him, more of Sam Rockwell, and Keith Carradine plays the sheriff. Um, so I wanted to see more of the supporting cast and less of the main cast. But I, I really didn't. They really didn't do a lot or enough. They didn't give enough screen time to um, characters like Clancy Brown and Sam, Sam Rockwell. Um, and again, I know this is a comic book, but what was with the character names? I mean, Loner Gan. You've got a character who's a loner, and he's called Loner Gan. And then you've got the rich cattle rancher, and he's named Dollar Hyde. <laughs> uh, I just thought, oh, really? Seriously? I mean, you can't you can't write any better than that. I mean, I don't know. I was, that that just kind of turned me off. Um, and then at a later point. You've got aliens and you've got alien tech and I didn't think it that that was all that interesting the the alien plot here when you find out and I, and I won't spoil it, but when you find out actually why the aliens are coming, it's just like really I mean really that's <laughs> that that's why they're coming here you know millions of miles and 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 it's that simple and it kind of makes sense for the genre and everything, but then at the same time it doesn't. There is actually a decent western here, though, for a while. I mean, as they're as they're kind of going through and and they end up going out on a ride and they encounter other other you know groups. That part is actually the more interesting part for me. Um, and I saw flickers of things. Some some people on other podcasts have mentioned True Grit. Um, I recently saw a film recommended by the guys over at uh, the Sin Awesome podcast called the Bur the Burrowers. With uh, Clancy Brown, that was just awesome. It was this 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 mashup of a western and a, and a horror film, that was great. Um, so I do like mashups. I do like hybrid stuff. Um, I'm a huge fan, for example, of uh, the, the the series called The Adventures of Briscoe County, Jr., which is also sort of like a western slash uh, kind of like a little bit of an X Files kind of a vibe to it, but it's not really like the X Files. Um, you know, back in the day, uh the Wild Wild West was kind of that way too. That was sort of like a Western slash James Bond kind of a kind of a thing going on. There's a movie called um Outlander, which is um kind of like a, a Vikings and Aliens kind of a thing. Um that was was pretty well done. Uh you can see that on DVD. So there's good hybrid blendings out there. I just didn't feel like this had all that much to really like about it. There were lots of missed opportunities, though. I mean, I'm, I was going into this thinking, and, and this may be a bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen the film, by talking about what's not in the film. Um, so if you don't want to be spoiled that way, you can jump ahead. But I was thinking, all right, there's going to be aliens, and they're going to do things like crop circles, and it's going to deal with cattle mutilations, you know, all the all the sort of lore that you think about when you think about aliens and, and alien sightings and things that they could have played with here. They didn't really. I mean, they touched on a few things, but I think they could have had more fun with it than they did. Um, When it gets down to it, the aliens were kind of tough. And with the amount of guys that they end up going up against the aliens with, I was like, there's no way. I mean, the the aliens just seemed way too tough, uh, except for the, the main character who's got sort of this wrist laser that makes him all-powerful somehow. Um, I just didn't see it. I, I, I saw... The, I, it, it seemed to me that based on the number of guys they said they had, they lost those guys like in the first 30 seconds. Hmm. Um, but then they didn't. So it, it, it seemed a little weird. It seemed a little mismatched. Uh, I guess that, you know, that, that's the way it's supposed to be is the aliens are always supposed to be far more superior and then we as the underdogs still manage to, despite their superior technology... Um, overcome them. I just didn't find it that believable here. So, and the alien design themselves were, I don't know, just kind of weird. They had they they had sort of a um, what was the one we saw recently with the kids making the movie uh, Super, Super Eight. 8. It, it kind of had a Super Eight vibe. I, I looked up. It was not the same effects company, but it seems like you know Super Eight and Cloverfield, and then these aliens. They all have something similar in their design that I really couldn't put my hand on. They're you know, slimy. Yeah, like, but, but yeah, it's like also something about the way the head is designed, and and it just seems similar, and, and I'm kind of hoping for... I, I guess it's the same, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, it was always the that sort of little, you know, the close encounters of the gray kind of aliens, variations of that, and E.T. was kind of a variation of that too, and I, I guess I'm, I'm just waiting for somebody to come out, some fx designer to come out and design something completely different from that and i guess everybody right now is still riffing on uh the designs that are currently you know being circulated i, I just didn't really like the aliens that much mm. um they reminded me of i don't know kind of like big bullfrogs or something <laughs> um but yeah it's I mean, if you're gonna see a versus aliens movie i gotta say go with monsters versus aliens it's a lot more fun um a lot more filmic references i haven't seen alien vs. ninja um so I, I i can't really recommend that but that's out there on dvd for what it's worth for this film though i'd you know i'd have to say tv it um you know it's if you if you if you're a sci-fi nut like me and you really feel you want to see it in the cinema you do a matinee otherwise you can really wait for video kevin what, what did you think of uh, cowboys versus aliens
1: um. Yeah. When when you put together these two things, cowboys and aliens, and you wonder how could they possibly make a serious movie out of it, and then they did. Um, you know, playing it straight is not a bad idea. Playing it like a normal, uh, event tempo, big budget blockbuster, whatever, it's not a bad idea. But it just didn't really do anything interesting with the concept. Um, I don't think John Favreau was the right choice as the director. Uh he is he started out as a comedy director and he kind of stayed in that route even when he jumped over to, you know, movies like Sathra or um uh, uh the Iron Man movies. They they always had the root or or they always had a very large um presence of comedy. And here there isn't. It's very much an action film, it's very much a sci-fi film, it's very much a, a Western as well. But it's not a comedy and I don't think I think John Favreau was kind of out of his league here with it. Um, two of the writers, um, on the film are actually from Lost. You can tell because you have these, um, how do I say? These mysterious things that come out in the beginning and then you have to figure it out. And it kind of leads to some kind of extra lore. Um, I don't want to ruin it, but that bracelet is the first, is the first thing. And even though the bracelet didn't really lead anywhere, um, it is what it is. But yeah, that's, you kind of get that feeling here. Um, I thought, um... Harrison Ford was good. I like Harrison Ford. Um, maybe partly because I saw some of his promotional appearances uh for the film like when well, he, he You Conan. know,
0: he did have a couple nice moments. The one the one that stuck out with me is he's got a scene with um I think it's Noah Ringer who's the grandson of the sheriff and you know, he's he's kind of like this curmudgeonly old guy who doesn't really seem to like anybody, but then he ends up bonding um with this kid in a way that's kind of weird but but seems appropriate for the time. And I, yeah. I thought that, that that was nice. I would have liked to have seen more of that kind of a thing than they actually did. Um, so, yeah, you know, he he was okay. I, I mean, I love Harrison Ford. I just I, – I didn't care for his character all that much. I think he needed to go further with what they were doing with him.
1: Yeah, yeah, And I, I think – and like I said, I saw him in the promotional appearances and I thought he was great there. Um but he didn't carry that charm in the film, uh, which is kind of sad. Um, otherwise, I thought, you know, Daniel Crick is okay as well. But you're right, the supporting characters like Sam Rockwell um, and and the the preacher and the um, who else do we have? Uh, Adam Beach, the the Native American actor playing um, uh, kind of like the adopted son of Harrison yeah, Ford. Yeah, yeah, um, he was that good. Was great. Yeah, and and I like these people that they run into along the way, especially the the Indian tribe. Um, really good little bits of things here, but, and I thought it was an okay western until the aliens appeared, which is kind of ironic. Um, the aliens just kind of made it like a very cheap version of an alien invasion movie. They didn't really because you don't have the technology, you don't have the big, um, you don't have weapons for the spectacle. All you have because of a time period, all you have is guns and arrow and arrows and and spears. So you don't really get big action sequences. um and because they're playing it straight, they can't really do too much inventive, weird things with it. Um so and, so- and I'll
0: say I'll say one thing, uh, you know. It, it, people out there look thinking, you know, I don't I don't know if you're listening to this, but if at some point you're you're thinking you want to be <clears throat> a concept designer right for alien species, try and try and do some research and go play Spore or something. I don't know, because the, the creatures here have a really, really very poorly designed flaw, I'll say. It's only really utilized one time, but it's just so... It, it's such... I mean, if, if any creature actually had that, the... the oh, what would you say? The, 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 the things that they end up utilizing to... That expose that flaw would would go away because you'd never utilize them because it's such a serious flaw in in your biological design. You know what I'm saying? It's you know we talk about you know at some point we'll lose um, you know we'll, we'll lose our our little toes or something because we don't use them anymore or something like this. I mean this would be something that you'd never want to use hmm. because it's such a such a serious threat. So. It's just weird stuff like that that makes me think. Ah, somebody thought, oh, this will be cool, but you know, just it's kind of lame in terms of you know the overall design when you think about it. Um, Yeah, just just the whole design of the alien itself.
1: You still have the slimy, ugly alien. I mean, sorry because you don't. You know, because you want to, you want to show off your superiority as a human being on Earth doesn't mean you have to make your enemies ugly. I mean, come on, there are you can make better looking aliens yeah. out there. Um, it was just so unappealing these people or these things, these beings. But it wasn't original at all because we've seen slimy aliens since the beginning of, you know. Movie. I mean, you know, like how bad, how how far does slimy aliens go back in history of movies? I mean, think about the fifties, the sixties, um, Independence Day, uh, Men in Black. Uh, even though they have different creatures of aliens, that's different. Um, and 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 um, even recently, you have Super Eight, a- ugly ass alien. There, I have no idea what the hell that thing is. Um, even uh, uh, um, Cloverfield, a thing that spawns off little spiders. I mean, enough, enough. Can you give me something that's. Give me something that, you know, I don't want it to look like human, but, yeah. you know, don't give me something slimy anymore. It just kind give of Give me grows. an alien
0: played by Robert Patterson. That's sparkly.
1: Yes, there you go. <laughs> give me, like, a handsome alien. Give me, like, even, like, uh, Wesley's Mysterious File Alien, which was played by, um... Uh, sorry, back to going back to e-screen here. Um, Roy Chan. No, not Roy Chan. Um, what's his name? The guy from Dragon Dangerous movies. I, I, don't, I don't mind having a young and dangerous character looking alien i mean that's awesome i'd be more scared by that than the slimy shit i mean things (laughs) things there you go okay uh anyway um like i said the last thing the lost writers on there means you have all these secrets that are kind of set up and and i think they're revealed some of this revealed too early especially with the identity of um longer uh, and uh, longer and longer and whatever dick the Daniel Craig character. Um and the mystery really doesn't really lead to anything. Doesn't really lead anywhere. Um usually when they set up this much kind of lore, the folklore, whatever story, whatever, you kind of expect they will be setting up for a sequel. There's no such thing here. Um I'm not sure if that's a spoiler or not. You you do have a, get a complete story, so to speak. Um and it's all played very safe. It's all you know, it's okay and I can't say it's, it's spectacular or anything I just went with the ride um, I wasn't hurt by it but I wasn't really with it as much as I wanted to so all I can say is I'm a little underwhelmed so all I can say is um, TV it in any under any circumstance um, because that's pretty much what it is it's just an okay film I can't say it's a bad film um, it's not a bad film but it's not very good either so that's uh, cowboys and
0: aliens now yeah. i really wanted like sam peckinpah to direct this movie <laughs> <laughs> i i wanted someone who is actually familiar with the
1: the western you know imagine coen brothers doing this movie and that'd be interesting yeah or 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 someone who's more even someone more action oriented. I mean, you have um J. J. Abrams would be an interesting choice. He might do smarter things with the, with the concept. Um, Steven Spielberg is the executive producer on this, um, so it'd be interesting to see. I think this is too light, light for him, maybe. Um, but I would like to see a more sci-fi or western experience director take on these type of uh, this this concept. Uh, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go.
0: to the East Screen West Screen Podcast. Visit Comcast.com for more. Alright, so I guess that's it for summer, right? That's it for the big the big summer movies. That's the end of the summer, but part. um we're
1: stepping right into for east screen, it's gonna be an exciting time because we're stepping right to September. Um Next weekend we'll have the Mid Autumn holiday, so we have um, one big, somewhat big Chinese film, uh, Love in Space. Uh, we also have um, a lot, of, you know, Treasure Hunt, Wong Jing's Treasure Hunt. End of the month you have National Day, so you have the two big, the Jet Li, uh, Sorcerer White Snake movie, also uh, Jackie Chan's 1911. Between that you have My Kingdom, which uh, choreographed by Samuel Samuel Hong, and uh, starring two very Pretty male actors. You also have *3D Invaders*. So it, it, the summer is over, but there's still plenty of things going on.
0: Yeah, we've still got a couple interesting West Screen films on the horizon too. Uh, as I look through the listing, um, let's see what do we, we've got. Uh,
1: *Midnight in Paris*. That's uh, *Bad film. Teacher*.
0: I'll, I've heard bad things about that. I don't know if we'll cover that one. Um, <clears throat> *Contagion*. From yep. Steven Soderbergh's coming. Um Party Wind Shine, Wenders, uh, you know, that's a bit more of an art film, but Wind Wenders uh Pina uh or Pina 3D is coming in, and the trailer for that looks amazing. I'm not into dance that much, but that looks like something I would want I do want to see. Um Bridesmaids, which I've heard great things about. I'm super excited to see. That'll be the mid of September. Uh Apollo 18, also I've seen the trailer. It looks like super Uh, Paranormal Activity on the Moon. Hmm. Um, I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, watch the trailer and and it looks exactly like that. It's like somebody said, we're going to do Paranormal Activity on the Moon. We're going to try and pass this off as a so-called real thing again, Um, sort of like uh, the Blair Witch Project or something. I I mean, okay, I might see it. It's kind of in the realm of sci-fi. But... I'm kind of tired of the that genre already. Uh, let's see. Zookeeper, Kevin James, probably going to be a terrible film, but... Uh, Shark Night... I'll
1: probably write it. I'll probably watch Shark Night
0: 3D. Uh, uh, yeah. The, what are you going to... Shark <laughs> Night 3D. Say, yeah, it's Shark Night <laughs> 3D. <laughs> you know.
1: um, Johnny English, new Johnny
0: English. Yeah, new Johnny English, him. and it's been a while since the last one, so kind of surprising to see him... Uh, Taking on this role again, um, also a
1: large part of it also shine in Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that. So let's see uh, a couple of Justin Timberlake films coming: Friends with Benefits, In Time, and in December it wouldn't be December without another Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. There's Alvin and the Chipmunks three, slated for December release. So, aren't you excited about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm
1: up. I'm up. Yeah, yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, comments. Um, got a couple comments. First one from Matt S, who's in the chat room right now. We thank him for joining us. Um, he said one word for video podcast idea: puppets. Yeah, we could do like um the the Muppet show, or uh, Muppets are kind of trademarked, right? I can't use Muppet. The the uh, what would we call it? The the puppet show. Uh, podcast, East Screen, West Screen. The Uppets. Yeah. yeah. The Huppets, or I don't know, the Chuppets. Tuppets. (laughs) could be British and call it Tuppets. Um, He says, getting back to digital projection, I don't hit the theater very often these days, but did take my nephew to see Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I grew up on reruns of the original movies and TV series 2. For me, there was definitely a bit of an adjustment. At first, the screen flickered like a computer monitor with a low refresh rate. I also noticed that some of the pans weren't as smooth as they might be, especially in the scenes where the camera was panning through the treetops, but I guess there's no standing in the way of progress. Um yeah, I guess um if the theater's having, you know, especially the files, I mean if the files are kind of messed up, that's going to come through on the screen. Um yeah. and and I you know, I recalled my um my incident with um the Natalie Portman film Black Swan where mm. the file was corrupt and it kept uh, shutting off at a certain point. They had to refund our money and, or, or give us a free ticket. They gave, well, they gave us a free ticket and they gave us a ticket, to, another ticket to come back and see um, Black Swan at a later time. So that was nice. But uh, um, I guess, yeah, this is just going to be sort of, you know, it's the same thing with film. You know, if the film got derailed, it would, you know, have that burn effect. From in being in front of the projection light, being too hot, um, or the film platters breaking, I you know it's, with any kind of technology there's always going to be problems with it. Um, I still can't say that I've specifically noticed darker screens as yet. Um, but then again, that just might be because I'm used to them by now. I don't know.
1: Um, I think regular digital projection, if done well, shouldn't. Brightness-wise, unless you're doing three D, that's different. But regular two D digital projection, if they're done right, it shouldn't be too too much darker. I did notice when I watched Cowboy vs Alien that, or Cowboy and Cowboys and Aliens that it was a little, slightly bit darker than usual. But um, otherwise, the way you really, how do you, the way you, you recognize a, a digital print is that there's absolutely no no grain. There's mm. no, um, no, you know, when you watch no, a film print, no, no smudges, no little yeah, black no smudges, spots. No, yeah, there's no, no cigarette no, marks. No
0: hairs flying no up hairs. in front of the lens. You know. Yeah,
1: but actually, the, the the multiplex in Hong Kong has done 35 millimeter or film projection right so right these last couple of years that those things are not that bad either. Yeah. Um, I went to the cinema Art, at one of these small art house theaters that is across the the harbor here, and watched that 35 millimeter, then, and then the 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 film kept flickering up and down when it was rolling. Or when I was watching a uh, European art film called Certified Copy at Cinematech, again, that print also also, is kind of old and worn out and kind of flickering left and up and down. And that's when I missed. I was like, okay, well, this movie might be able to use a digital projection. Um, So it all depends on how well 35 millimeter uh, projections are done. But I kind of miss that film look when it's done right. There's always just that you have that... That the, the I guess the idea of the the one once again the, the 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 spots the smudges the hair the cigarette marks they are just kind of they 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 what makes that film experience and it's just you can't replace that look with anything it's too yeah, I still think digital is too clean it's too clean it's it, 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 it kind of you don't have you don't really have a, have a point of shooting on film anymore if you're just gonna be doing digital projection. But that's, just, that's just me and me, film school, me, film nerd, whatever, film snob thing talking. So don't worry about me. Mm. All yeah.
0: right. So there's that. Uh, we also got a short comment from Gary Lau who says that uh, he's working hard over at the, as, the, as a, I guess, an extra at uh, the Total Recall set. So best of luck to him in doing his extra. Duties. <laughs> oh, I'm up, I'm up. Sorry.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, good for you. Hey, good, good, good work. Yeah, sorry. So, all right, that's the show. And And yes. uh, as always, you can show, you can listen to our show on uh, many venues, uh, including not just iTunes, but our show is on Stitcher, which allows you to listen to us directly on your iPhone, your Android phone, your BlackBerry, your Web OS phone. Um, do they have Unix phones? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. Linux Um, Linux phones? Linux, yeah. Um, Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. You can follow us also over at the website, Um, www.concast.com. You will find that the website's still going to be going through some changes in the next month or so, so I do apologize if it's down or if it looks kind of wonky on occasion, I'm still tweaking it out, and I've got some other things that hopefully will be added there, additional content coming soon, uh, hopefully more on that later. You can check us out on iTunes as usual, leave us a review over there if you like what you hear, or if you don't like what you hear and you'd like us to change some things, we're always open to feedback and we'd love to have some reviews from you there. Twitter.com slash concast is the Twitter identity for the site or if you're more interested in the daily adventures of Mr. Ma, you can follow him at twitter.com thegoldenrock. You can email us here directly at the show at eastscreen at gmail.com, and if you'd like to send us in a short audio clip, a question, a short review, a general commentary, um, you know, asking Kevin's phone number, whatever you like, uh, you can send that in to at gmail.com. Uh, big thanks, as always, to several people who've made this show happen and keep it going, running successfully. Of course, Rob uh, Jabowers, who did our theme for us over at Schnauzer Studios, Ross Chen of Love Hong Kong Film, lovehkfilm.com, who keeps us out and about and watching movies whenever we can. Of course, the K Man for choosing to be here with me every week. And of course, all you out there listening, the listeners, um, those of you who like to hear what we have to say, we are glad you are here, and we're glad to do this show just for you. Next show, episode 82, we'll be talking about uh, a couple older films. They've been out for a while now. Snowflower and the Secret Fan uh, is up. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of uh, Wayne Wang films. So I've heard uh, the film's not maybe that all that great, but I still am interested to see it. Um, And it's got Lee Bing, so I've got to go. And Gianna Jun from Korea. Um, Also, I think we'll cover Horrible Bosses. I've heard some uh, decent things about this film, and I think it might be fun to to cover that as well. There's some other stuff out there that we might get to instead. There's a Thai horror film um, called Lana Land or something. Do you know about that film? no no it just sounds like another haunted house movie yeah Um, it's it's a haunted house movie it's i think it's opening this week we might might look at that i might might get out and see that i don't know bad Um, teacher
1: we also cover bad teacher bad
0: teacher yeah i don't i don't know i've heard really bad things about that and i'm not a big fan of cameron diaz but if you see it um because you're going to write on it we might cover it and uh yeah so speaking of writing where can are you doing any writing this week where can people find more of your stuff
1: Yes, you can find my uh, writing on, of course, uh, the Golden Rock the blog. Uh, you can find it from the homepage at www.lovehkfilm.com uh, slash blog slash The Golden Rock, or you can just go to the homepage and find the link there. You can also read my uh, film reviews, uh, weekly film reviews, on www.ypmovies.com.hk the English version uh, of the page. This week, I will be reviewing uh, Jane Eyre, um, which just totally sounds like it's right up my alley, right? Mm. So that's um, that will be up, I think, Thursday, Hong Kong time. So you want to read it um go ahead or i think my reviews for older films such as larry crown and um the whistleblower are still up there i recommend the whistleblower um even if you don't read my review definitely go check out the film it's quite a good compelling uh real life drama uh it's a little depressing but it's quite good
0: did they mix the genre on jane Eyre? because i saw the trailer and it looks like they're trying to pass it off as a maybe a little bit supernatural
1: I have no idea. I haven't I haven't watched it. Oh you haven't so seen haven't. it yet. Okay. No, I got it on iTunes. So it it opens this Thursday in Hong Kong, so I'll, I'll check yeah, it out.
0: Yeah, so let me know what you think. Yeah, sure. All right. So well, that's good. Um big thanks to everybody in the chat room, Matthew and Kenneth who stopped by. And if uh, folks out there, if you're not listening to the podcast on Fire Network, uh, I strongly recommend you do so. Uh especially the uh, Sleazy K series.
1: Sleazy K. Yeah.
0: yeah. Nothing better, nothing better than some good sleaze coming at you in your audio holes from the man who knows about more of that stuff than any of the rest of us, uh, Kenneth Burson. Sorry, right. sleazy cake can get into my audio hole anytime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ew! 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 I did I hear this winter?
0: Uh, you and your slimy aliens and holes. <laughs> Did I say that? No, I didn't. All right. So, yeah, next show, episode 82, Snowflower and the Secret Fan, Horrible Bosses, maybe some other stuff. I don't know because we've got no real Hong Kong films coming out this week, so it's all up in the air. Um, But, yeah, there'll be that and much more on our next show. Until then, this is East Screen, West Screen, wishing you good viewing, and we will see you next week.
1: See you next week, everybody. (laughs)